Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. I have a question for you today. How many of you feel like your life is a series of almosts? Like you almost made it or you were almost great. Maybe you've had a hope or a dream that you've been working towards and maybe you gave it up because you just didn't quite make it. Something came up and and you kind of look back with regret and think, you know, I was almost great. I almost made it. And then something happened. Well, if that's been your story, you can relate to our guest today, Travis. He's in the film industry, but he has not always felt like he has made it or that he's been doing what he's supposed to be doing. He used to feel like his life was filled with almost. And then one day somebody gave him a message and it changed the course of his life. I can't wait to introduce you to Travis Conover right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. Travis, uh, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Where you're from? Um, and uh, kind of what what do you do? I guess we'll get the end of that in a little bit. But uh, but who are you and where you're from? Sure. Um, who I am is uh, a child of God. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> Amen. Get that out of the way. Um, I actually was watching an awesome film. You know, obviously into films, but uh, the film Overcomer. If you haven't mm. seen it. This is not a paid um, yes. <laughs> advertisement, but it's just really cool. Something I've said for a long time is is just that. Like when people ask who you are, or, you know, everybody always tells you what they do, and that is totally secondary or mm. you know tertiary to just uh, just enjoying being a son of God and uh, a husband and a father and all those things. Um, so that's who I am. Uh, I am from originally from Jersey, but I grew up in upstate New York for most of my life. And then I moved back down to Jersey and in and out of Manhattan, uh, when I started my film career. Um, and, but now I'm actually living in Atlanta, Georgia. I just got married recently. Well, congratulations. And, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. And I found out that, um, just a little while ago, this is news to everybody. Uh, I've only told very close friends and family, but my wife is pregnant. So I'm oh, going wow. to be, yeah, this will be my first biological child that I have. So lots of exciting things happening. Lots of really cool, uh, really cool events taking place. I mean, we, we did everything at the same time. We moved, we, um, I started a, a new business down here. <laughs> we, we got married and now I'm, I'm having a child. So wow, uh, kind of just did everything at once. Well, well, congratulations about that. And, uh, it, it is funny how that often seems to happen when, when one change comes, the rest of them happen. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the old saying, when it rains, it pours, seems yes. to be very true in my life. Yeah, so I, I got married uh, about two years ago, just over two years ago, and and uh, the only other thing that happened was we also moved at that at that time. But uh, so I got I got two out of that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two out of the three or whatever. Yeah. So well, great. So you mentioned that you're in the film business. Um, yes, sir. I know uh, you you recently worked on a project where a couple of the other previous podcast guests have worked. Uh, Courtney Hurst is the one who recommended um, that that we speak, and I've also. Um, interviewed Lucas Miles. I know he was involved in that project as well. Oh, um, awesome. So uh, you were involved in Penitent Thief. Tell me a little bit about that as well as what kind of sparked your interest into filmmaking. Okay. Um, 
Well, I've always known, even as a even as a young boy, that I wanted to be um, in film, and mm-hmm. that I really felt connected to it. So my parents split when I was younger, um, and I was very fortunate in that they had joint custody, and they both really, really loved my brother and I. So, or my brother and me, sorry. And <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm working on grammar police now. Um, <laughs> that's all right. But, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's everybody's um, struggle, I think. Yeah, seriously, especially in the social media age, right? Yes, they, um, they ask if you speak any second languages, and I'm still working on my first. So, <laughs> yeah, I speak uh, English and an emoji and a little Spanish. Yes, yeah, that, that's um, right. <laughs> um, so. Even as a young boy, I remember um, my parents telling me at like four or five years old, I was like, I'm going to be on the big screen and I'm going to make everybody smile and I'm going to change their day, you know? And that's, it's always been like kind of God put it in my DNA to, to be creative and make entertainment. And as I was growing up, I could never, uh, I could never just be complacent in like a nine to five job. And it's not because I was lazy. There was a lot of good work ethic instilled in me. It's just that I felt like, God, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. This is just a vehicle to get there. Right. So it was like, you know, it's not that I wouldn't work hard or anything. It's just that I was um, striving to go to that next step. I always wanted to go to that next level and move closer to that destiny. So I ended up teaching martial arts for many years, about 11 years. I had my own studio. I opened it when I was 22. Um, and then at 25... I really felt God speaking hard to me. And if I were to tell you the whole story, it would take up the whole time. So I won't <laughs> maybe, maybe for another day, mm-hmm. but God really started impressing very hard that I was going to be working in film, which was great. Cause it was a dream come true, but it was also very scary mm-hmm. because I grew up in a small town in upstate New York and you didn't follow your dreams up there. You mm-hmm. just, it was status quo. You do what you're told and yet you work nine to five. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's many, many honorable jobs out there. And if you're feeding your family, God bless you. That's what you're called to do. But I I knew that there was something else that I was supposed to be doing. So Mm -hmm. I didn't want to sit there and just wait. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I really started praying hard about it. And long story short, I ended up selling my martial arts school, moving down to the city and just going full time. Uh, And I've been doing that for five or six years now. Wow. So through that journey, through all the connections I was making, I, I met a woman named Lisa Varga. And she's one who you, you should speak to, by the way. Lisa okay. Varga is an awesome woman of God. And she's been in the entertainment world for a long time. And I found her on Twitter. Now, this kind of stuff doesn't happen. This is like, <laughs> this would be like, you know, writing the book later on in my life. Yes. This is one of the things that you got to put in it. But on Twitter, I was like, hey, Lisa, uh, I'm a fan. I love what you're doing. I'm so um, you know, impressed that you keep God first and you work in the entertainment industry for so long. And I didn't think anything was going to come of it. And she, But she messaged back uh, you know, or tweeted back to me and said something to the effect of, oh, you know, thank you. Hope you're doing well. You know? And I was like, whoa, you know, that doesn't usually happen. You don't talk mm-hmm. to a celebrity and they answer <laughs> they you back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So that was like, I felt like, wow, that was a one in a million tweet. So, um, I said, do you mind if I direct message you? I would really love to hear your story. I think it's really encouraging to see people like you in the industry. Hmm. And one, one, it had to be one of those God moments where God was just like, you know what? This guy's genuine 
he's got a good heart. I don't know what God said to her, but she <laughs> thought she thought she should message me back. Wow. So um, she let me direct message her. Uh, and of course, I was extremely polite and honorable. I think that mm-hmm. was part of the reason she allowed me to. Um, and we talked a little bit and she ended up after a little um, correspondence for a couple months. Um, I messaged her back maybe like two months later and we hadn't spoken for a while. And this is right after I booked like a huge international commercial. Mm. And I was like, wow, like I'm, I'm starting to gain value in this career, you know, and I'm starting to make it a little bit of a name for myself. And, uh, I just, I just want to share this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I shared it back with her and she goes, uh, she goes, wow, that's so awesome. I'd love to hear about it. Why don't you give me a call? I was like, no way. So she gave me her number and I called her. And long story short, I say all that to say she connected me with Don Willis, who Mm -hmm. wrote The Penance and Thief. Mm -hmm. And Don goes, hey, I'm not in charge of casting because I was like, I was like, Don, uh, I read your book. I I immediately went out and bought the book and I read the whole book in two days. And um, yeah, because I'm hungry, man. You know, you got to be really hungry Mm -hmm. when you're going after something. So I read this book. And I contacted Don like two or three days after Lisa told me all this. And I was like, man, I loved your book because it's a great book. It's called The, the Penance and Thief or the, the Tale of the Penance and Thief. I'm pretty sure is what the book is called. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a fictional story that parallels the Bible. I'm sure you've heard a little bit about mm-hmm. it. but uh, And that film should be coming out later this year, by the way. Um, so anyway... He goes, I'm not in charge of casting. He's like, I'd love to speak with you, but really Lucas Miles is the guy you need to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, if, you, if you're willing to give me his information, I would be more than glad to audition for him. So I contacted um, Lucas and I said, hey, Lucas, uh, I really want to um, I really want to audition for you. I just met Don. I'm a friend with Lisa. And he said, well, you know, I don't come to New York very often. He goes, but next time I'm in New York, I'll contact you. I said, well, where are you from? And he said, Indiana. I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) Um, I said, well, I really want to audition in person for you, and I don't want to waste time. I said, and he goes, yeah, I know, but I don't come to New York very often. I said, no, I'll come to you. Wow. And he was like, what? (laughs) That doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. So I got in my car, and I drove from Manhattan to... Yes, all the way to Granger, Indiana, which I believe is the, the name of the town that he's in. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned for him in person. And uh, about a year later, he contacted me, said, uh, you know, we're really ready to start making moves on Penitent Thief. And he said, you're a good actor. Um, he goes, but I believe God wants us to use you for more than that. Mm-hmm. And they made me an associate producer. And they made me a stunt coordinator and an actor in that film. Wow. So they saw all the skills that I had, all the martial arts background, all the stunts. Mm-hmm. They saw that I was a dedicated, you know, passionate actor. And they saw that I was responsible and I was willing to do anything to get the job done. And it was just, I had no, you know, ulterior motives in other than that. This is what I feel like God's telling me, and mm-hmm. I got to go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it ended up being amazing. And now I'm really very close friends with all of them. Wow, wow, that's incredible, incredible story. And and it's amazing how God will will bless us if we're willing to get out of our comfort zone sometimes and, and pursue the dream that He's placed in our hearts. 
Absolutely. That's a great story of that. Um, One thing Courtney, uh, Courtney mentioned when she said that we should talk was, was, you know, and and our listeners know Courtney's really big into this hashtag overcome it. Um, And she said (laughs) that you have this hashtag overcome it story. And I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that in the last few minutes of our, uh, of our show this morning. Sure. Um, Well, I'm not sure what aspect of the hashtag overcome it she's talking about. Um, (laughs) But I will say that nothing that I've ever done has come easy. Hmm. And truly where I am today is riddled with failure. Hmm. And I was, uh, I'm going to get emotional, but I was at this church um, that my good friend was going to at the time. And uh, they were doing these kind of Christian counseling sessions. Um, and I went into this Christian counseling session and this guy and th- this, this man and this woman were in there and they were talking about um, uh, basically just my past and kind of going through these steps to help me find healing in mm-hmm. all the things that I had done. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, they really got to this place of like, so what are you afraid of? You know, what, what's your biggest fear and why is it holding you back? Hmm. And I was on YouTube for years and I had 50,000 subscribers and I let that channel go. And, you know, I was training for the Olympics to be in the, the Olympics for Taekwondo. Hmm. And I had done all these things, hundreds of auditions, you know, that you get nose on. And like, I just felt like my life was the story of almost hmm. the story of he's he almost made it mm-hmm. he was almost he was almost great and uh so I, we get to the end of this counseling session and the guy said you know what man he's like the call that is on your life is so amazing he said i wrote this down uh before the session started and he did he pulled it out of his pocket and in this whole session he never put anything in his pocket he pulled it out of his pocket and he gave it to me and it was t- so of God and the letter or the, the, the note that he wrote was failing is a successful way to find out how not to do something. Mm-hmm. And my biggest fear was always failing because I felt like everything I did was all most and I'd failed so many times. And I realize now, looking back at the roadmap of my life, that all those failures that I dealt with was God training me to be the man and succeed where I am today. Hmm. Wow. You know, it's an interesting concept. And, and I, I've studied the life of Joseph before. And you look at his life and, and there's this concept called staging where you look at different aspects of his life, and, and I believe God does this with each one of us, where, where he was preparing him for that moment when Joseph became governor of Egypt. And mm-hmm. that, that's exactly what you're talking about, how, how your life, through the failures, through I mean, even, even your martial arts experience, and, and all these different things, God was staging you for a moment where he brought you out and let you do what he called you to do from the beginning. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's beautiful and powerful. So good. So what mm-hmm. would you tell someone who may be feeling like their life is an almost 
Um, yeah. Maybe they're going through something similar right now. What What would you say to them? I would definitely say that if, because we're creatures of, of free will, we do have personal choice, but God's plan from the very beginning was redemption. Mm-hmm. And we see that because he gave us free will. And I would say, if you feel like your life is riddled with failure, like I thought mine was, it's that if you choose God and you choose that relationship and to follow him, it is all working together for something much greater. And you don't see it. You won't see it until it hits you. And then God is going to show you all those kisses that he gave you over the last several years of your life. So the plan is real. The plan is there. And if you choose to follow it, it will bring you uh, beyond what you ever thought you could achieve. But it's only if you choose. Mm. So a, a decided man, a decided woman can't be stopped. Wow, such an encouraging conversation with Travis. If you're in that season of life where you feel like you're almost there, hang in there. God has a plan. He works everything together for good. And I was just so inspired by this conversation and hope that you were too. Uh, So thank you, Travis, for sharing. Uh, Next week, here on Stories of Faith and Hope, uh, we have a continuation of our Daniel series, Daniel chapter 6, a very well-known story, Daniel in the Lion's Den. Here is a snippet preview of next week's episode. And so Daniel had done that. Ever since he had ended up in Babylon, he remembered the words that had been passed down to him of what Solomon had prayed there in his dedicatory prayer of the temple. And he would face, open his window facing the temple in Jerusalem, now destroyed. But he would face it, and he would pray and ask for forgiveness and humble his heart before God, just as Solomon had said. My discussion of Daniel chapter 6, Daniel in the Lion's Den, comes next week right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or you can find us online at faithandhoperadio.com, on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio, and again, brand new on Instagram at Faith and Hope Radio. Music is provided by Dexter Britton under the Creative Commons license. And until next week, have faith and hope. Faith and Hope.